Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. We hope that this message will challenge you and encourage you on your journey of faith. If you would like to learn more about Journey Church, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and online at thejourneychurch.cc. Now enjoy the message. Uh, A couple of things I I, I wanted to tell you. Uh, First of all, I wanted to show you a picture. Uh, Can we pull that picture? I, um, I know that Russ is in love and he thinks he has the most beautiful wife, and so does Chris. I have to correct that. I am married to the most beautiful woman there just standing next to me. Her name is Mariseli Roman. God bless me with her. We have never fought. We have never, no, we have never fought. We only tried to kill each other. And you can see that I survived, and so has she. We got two wonderful kids, almost a 16-year-old and almost 14. I am a blessed man. Those are the people that, uh, make me every morning just, they, they make me, they make my day every morning, if you would. Um, I had a beautiful scripted message with a powerful, power, a beautiful PowerPoint presentation. I like to bring my Bible verse in a certain manner with highlights and colors and, and pictures because I know the Gen Z likes visual, their visual generation, and this is, that's the generation you're trying to reach. And I get that. And I was so hyped up about it. I was in my hotel room. I was in a conference and sitting there just enjoying. And I said, oh, it's going to be awesome. And I hear the voice of the Lord Tuesday night. Bad timing. The conference started Tuesday. He said, said that Monday. And the Lord said, hey, beautiful message you got there. I said, don't go there. We don't go there. He said, nice message. Okay. What's the deal? That's a beautiful message. But that's not a message for this season. They said, now you're messing me up. I don't have time for preparing a new message. So he drops me one passage, and then I have your pastor stalking me, harassing me. 1 a.m., 3 a.m., where are my Bible verses? I need the Bible verses. I'm like, Chris, oh, man. God, I got, I got somebody harassing me by Bible verses. Give me something so I can take him off my back. He will not give me anything. And, it's, and I just have from the Lord, well, do you trust me? I trust you, but I don't trust Chris. He might, he might show up in the conference in my hotel room and give me my Bible verses. I had to preach behind this line. Oh, okay. That's why you wanted me to move that. I get it. I get it. Okay. Long story short, I got for you. A fresh message. I have never preached, never heard it. I almost got saved. Come on. On, on, do you want to know when? Friday night. Yeah. So I, I haven't had too much time to massage it, rehearse it. It's raw. Let's see how it works out. Hopefully you get ministered. Uh, and, and Chris has, is grace enough to invite me back and I have to give your money back. <laughs> Would you do me a small favor? Yeah. Let me just stand up. Just give me couple of minutes to stand up. I was 11 years old when I fell in in love with this man called Jesus. Would you just honor him for one moment? You want to raise your hands, put your hands on your chest, whatever you want to say. However you want to do it, just say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.
Dad, thank you for what you're going to do today. Do what you know how to do best. In Jesus' name, amen. You can, you can be seated. Um, we are going to, I'm going to be in Exodus. Uh, I want to share something with you. If you ever have a preacher that only preaches from the Old Testament, fire them. If you have a preacher that only preaches from the New Testament, fire them. I believe the perfect theology is the one that's grounded in the Old Testament and is revealed through the New Testament. You have to have the feet in both. The Old Testament is the foreshadow of what came in the New Testament. But if you somehow it's not grounded, it's not theology that I believe or that I preach. So I am going to start with the Old Testament. Don't stall me. I will give you some New Testament verses at the end. Okay, so then you feel happy. Uh, listen to me. I want to go to this one passage, Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to go them in a particular order. So um, I want to start with 1 and 3. But before I get there, I want to tell you a little bit of background, how we get to the story. Um, and we have heard this story so many times. You have the just give you a little bit of context in just one minute. I'm not, you can read this and you can read a book and, and figure this out to yourself. So you got the people of Israel. They've been there in Israel for many, many years. Joseph was a great, and we're going to talk about Joseph later. And Joseph was second in command with Pharaoh. God gave him favor. All the Israelites moved there and they live in Egypt. And they gave a place called Gosen. And that's where they expanded and they grew. But a Pharaoh came that did not know Joseph, did not know the God of Joseph. And oppressed them and harassed them and and they started one day one generation occurred maybe we should cry out to God I wonder so many times how many times we go in our journey of our life and we forget to cry out to God and we just grumbling and grumbling and God's like yeah okay it's okay for you to be mad but ask me something cry out for something when you cry out he shows up you see Moses is a product of a cry. If there was not, I'm not saying, but there was not a cry, there was not a desperation, there was not somebody that stood there or somebody, if I can use a bad English, and they said, I need some help from God. There would not have been Exodus chapter 3. In that context, Moses shows up. And Moses grows and does everything he does and one day goes and kills the Egyptian, runs to the desert and says, I'm going to be here. No one's going to bug me. No one's going to find me. I'm going to be anonymous. Just chill here. Everyone forget about me. And this is the story. Uh, Exodus chapter 3. I'm reading in a complete Jewish Bible. Uh, it's kind of a different version. I like it. Um, why? But that's the one I read. <laughs> Sorry. Um, now Moshe, or Moses, uh, was sent to the sheep of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, uh, leading, the flock, leading the flock to the far side of the desert. He came to the mountain of God, Oreb. The angel of Adonai appeared to him in a, firing bla in a fire blazing in the middle of the bush. He looked and saw, and saw that although the bush was flaming with fire, yet the bush did not burn up. 
Moses said, I am going to go over and see this amazing sight and find out why the bush is burning. Why the bush isn't burning up. Pay attention. So I want to put a pause here. It was normal in the desert to have burning bushes. It was nothing abnormal that day. For how many hours did that bush burn before he realizing that one is not burning? It was nothing, it was nothing like, we, we, when we preach this, oh, the burning bush. There's no other bush out there. There's only one. No. It was normal. He's in the desert. He did this every day. You know how many burning bushes he saw? How many hours was that burning, was that bush burning before he realized the bush was burning? Makes me wonder how many times in our common day, common life, God is trying to speak to us. Has a burning bush somewhere and we don't pay attention. Because God's way of saying, hello, I'm here. I'm hearing somebody's cry. And, and I come here to say this to somebody here. You are here in this planet. You are here this morning. You exist because somebody's crying. And God needs you to pay attention and figure out there's a burning bush that's not burning. It's a fascinating story. Trying to get your attention. Story goes on. Uh, uh, verse number, I want to go to verse number seven. I have seen how my people are, I, I'm, I, I am seeing how my people are oppressed in Egypt, heard their cry for release from their slave masters because I know their pain. I know where they, I have come down to rescue them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of the, that country to a good, spacious land and a land flowing with milk and honey. Yes, the cry of the people of Israel came to me. I've seen the terrible thing that people have done. The cry is fantastic. There's a lady called Hannah. She wanted to have a kid, and she was barren, and she could not have kids. And she went to the, every day to the temple, got on her knees. I'm crying out to God. I want a baby. I want a child. And the priest will say, hey, maybe you should calm down. Maybe it's okay. And say, you shut up. I don't want to hear anyone. I want to cry out. And she kept crying. And she kept crying. Because of her cry, Samuel was born. And because Samuel, Samuel was born, he was the one that anointed David. And because David was born, through him, Jesus came. Would you think because of a cry of a lady? Somebody cried and brought a change. And Chris told me I had only three hours, so I, I'm, I think I'm good. <laughs> there are four things I want to show you through this, this passage. And we're going to walk through this. Number one, God wants to reveal who you are. That's number one. I'm a three-point preacher, and God messed me up so much, so, so badly, he gave me a four-point preaching. So I am like, God, you're really messing me up here. It's not working out. My brain is not wired like that. So here you go. First time ever, and probably the only time you're going to have a four-point preaching. Uh, hopefully. Special treatment just for Chris. because He told me I had four hours, three hours, uh, three hours, yeah. Okay. Uh, verse number four, Adonai, 
when Adonai saw that he had gone over to see, God called him middle of the bushes and Moses, Moses. He answered, here I am. He said, do not come any closer. Take off the sandals. Take out the sandals off your feet. Because the place where you are standing is holy ground. Let me suggest you something. Moses represented, when God called Moses, he represented all his past, present, and what he could do in the future. Represented the individual that he created for the assignment, for one purpose, he's brought to earth. I have to tell this to somebody. You are not an accident here on earth. You were never an accident. You were an intentional assignment sent from heaven. Listen to me. Before your mom and dad had sex that night, I'm not be upset, had the act of marriage that night. Listen to me. Sorry, sorry. Act of marriage. Act of marriage. That's what we should say. The act of marriage. God beforehand always thought about you. He stood there. He said, I'm going to plan. I'm going to, this is their assignment. He played it very, waiting for the right moment. That's where you're going. You might say, I'm a product of a rape. I'm a product of filling the blank. But what if that was the right spot, right moment? You don't get it. You don't understand it. Nothing makes sense. But that was the right moment that you had to be born. What if? When they call your name Sarah, when they call your name, what is your name? Chris, Vijay, Micah, Michael, John. He's saying, I know you. Moses, I know who you are. I know where you come from. I know where you've been. I know that you were born. I know when you were born that your mom had to leave you in a river. That's where the word Moses come. Taken out of a river. I know where you grew up. I know you grew up in the Pharaoh's house. Away from your mama. I know that you killed a, I know that you killed Egyptian. I know that you fled, you fled to the desert. Probably suicidal. I just want to go here. Run away from everybody. Maybe God is saying, I know that. But Moses, Moses, wonder how many times in the desert that he was there for 40 years, he heard his name. My, my, my wife never calls me BJ. And when she does, I get scared. Like, start calling 911 because I, I'm not sure if I will be alive. <laughs> she never called me. You understand what I'm saying, right? Okay, you change the, I guess that's your wife, right? I know, I, I understand why you immediately switch gears. Listen to me. Listen, he probably haven't heard his name for a while. Isn't it awkward? All of a sudden, somebody calls you by the name of your birth. He wants to tell you, I know who you are. Behind the line. I know who you are. I know who you are. I am not blind. I created you for a purpose. Look, I, I love this, what he says here in Psalm 139. Hey, scramble, buddy. Try to catch up with me. Otherwise, don't worry about it. Adonai, you have probed me. You know me. You know where I sit, where I stand. You discern my inclination afar. You, you, you do everything. But I love what this verse 13 said. For you fashioned, oh, man, you fashioned my most my inmost being, you need, no, you don't get this. Somebody needs to get this. You need me to get
together. You don't understand what I'm trying to say. He took his very hands. He said, here, Vijay, I'm going to give a little bit more color. To Chris, I am not going to give any color because I ran out of ink. But somebody listen to me. So I'm going to give all the hair that Vijay doesn't have, and I will give it to somebody else. Somebody understands something. He knits you together. You are not an accident. I lost my hair because of my wife's dress in my home. But, oh, I can give you a picture today. I can give you a picture today. I got married. I had hair. I can tell you the before or after. A year later, I didn't have any. I know. She has heard me preach that many times. Listen to me. He knit me together in my mother's womb. I thank you because I am awesomely made. I don't like. You know how many times I stood up front of the mirror? I put my hands in my, I don't like my smile. And I said, God, when I open my eyes, I'm going to have a different smile. God, when I open my eyes, my skin color will be lighter. In the name of Jesus, one, two, three. Guess what? Same smile, same color. Do you want me to tell you something? When I met my wife, she said, I like two things about you. Your color of your skin and your smile. I'm so glad God did not change my smile. You were created the way you were created because that's part of your assignment. God knows who you are. He knows who you are. Repeat after me. He knows who I am. I'm going to count to three and please say up loud your name. One, two, three. Vijay. Not. That's how much you love yourself. But give me some excitement with your name. You were wonderfully knitted together for a purpose, a signed destiny. One, two, three. Vijay. Somebody needs to be excited about themselves. It was funny that God was more excited about Moses than Moses himself. But you saying, Moses, let me propose to you something. When he says, take off the sandal of your feet. It's not talking about his sin necessarily. Those sandals that he was wearing were a journey that he's been on. It's the probably the same sandals he had on when he killed the Egyptian. He walked through the journey. All the dirt that got there. He said, don't come to my presence with all your dirt. How about we let the dirt apart, your mess apart, and let me make a good message out of your mess. Let me, let, me, let me show you that if you think I'm making a weird theology here. I went through a journey to read the word as is. No interpretations, no commentaries, no internet, nothing. Just wanted to read it the way this. I discovered this. Burning bush. Burning bush. God is not even there. He's just speaking out of a flame. Who knows who he is? Weird. That's like watching Adam's project or Adam's family, right? So strange. Scooby-Doo, seeing ghosts everywhere, a flame talking to you, whatever. Take your shoes off. Pay attention. Don't lose me. Am I too far away? Don't lose me. Don't lose me. Event number one. Go forward 40 years. 
he is now in the Mount Sinai. He's crying out to God, I want to see you. I want to see you. God says, go hide yourself between those two rocks. I am going to walk by. If you're able to see, you might see my back. Did you know Moses saw his back? The only man on earth that ever saw, walking man that lived to talk about, I saw the back of God. But can I suggest you something? Go and read the Bible. He never said, took your shoes off. He never told him, take his shoes off. Do you know why? He was only on a 40-year journey where he had worked his heart. Because that journey was, take off your shoes. Take off your shame, your guilt, your life that's messed up. Everything that people did to you, they hurt you, they, they injured you, and they intentionally wanted to. Am I allowed to use the word screw up? Okay. I'm on the internet. Oh, let's use something more mellow. Wanted to mess you up. Now listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Moses, Moses, take off your shoes. God is calling your name this morning and saying, I know your name. I know your mess. But how about we put your mess aside and let's hear from me. Second thing that God reveals, I got two, and, two hours and 45 minutes left. Good. Second message that he, second thing that he, that he does is reveal who he is. I am the God of your father. Verse number six. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses covered his face, but he was afraid to look at God. Verse number 13, please. Look when I appear before the people of Israel, and I say to them, the God of your ancestors sent me. What is, there? What is his name? What do I tell them? God said, tell them, I am the great I am. I like this version. Because it says, I am what I will be. I am what I am. I will be what I will be. Pay attention here. I'm going to blow your mind away right here. Stop there. This, uh, this is a concept you probably never heard before. I blew my mind away this week. Pay attention. Everyone here? It's not a heresy. I'm going to prove it through the Bible. All the New Testament, so then you don't tell me it's a heresy. The problem that we have in our Bibles, in our world, we live in the chronos. Do you know what a chronos is? Chronolo something chronological. Has I start the timer and I stop the timer. So the Bible has to speak in our language. That's what the Bible says. God is the same as Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Why does he have to tell us that? Because that's the only way we could possibly have some idea what that really means. Let me propose to you something. All the theologians that are here, that are Bible reading people, how much time did it pass when between Joseph having the dream and his dream coming fulfillment. Somebody tell me. How much time did he go? Joseph had the dream. 
Some people say 13, some scholars say 20, some say 17. How about going between and say 15? But may I suggest to you, in God's time, it was the now time. There was no time. How God can tell you something that's going to happen if it did not already happen? I'm blowing your mind away. You think I'm in a marble story where I go to the future and I come back to the future. But that's what God does. He goes to the future, creates something, comes back and says, hey, I'm going to do this with you. But he never gives you the between. He doesn't tell you the process. He says, this is the same time. When I drop a word, it's the same. at the same time I'm dropping, I'm dropping the answer. I'm dropping the solution. I'm dropping what's going to happen. When he told, most, when he told uh, Joseph, I am going to do I am going to do this with you. I am going to have all your family bow before you. Her parents rebuked him, but the Bible says his dad kept it in his heart. It was a weird dream. Sold as a slave, goes to Egypt. When he thinks everything is going great, the guy was a little bit stupid. If some a girl wants to sleep with me, I at least grab my clothes with me. Don't incriminate me. He left his clothes. Goes to the jail. Then says to the cupbearer, hey, hook me up, bro. Help me to get out of here. That was not the right time. So God made sure that he forgot about it. But then somebody had a dream. The Pharaoh had a dream and brought Joseph back. Pay attention. It's not about the Joseph story. It's about the beginning and the end. Did you know how much time lapsed when God spoke to Abraham? I am going to give you the promised land to the point when Joshua fought the promised land. Do you know that centuries had gone by? Chronos time. God's time is the now time. It's one time. God, the time is not in God. You, you and I don't get that because we live in a chronological order. God's spoken words upon my life when I was 14 years old, and I'm barely seeing them come to pass. I was in a conference this week. I got an invitation for this and this place. I'm calling my wife. What? I just came here to receive. This is bizarre. God spoke to me about this when I was 14. But how can he speak to me about something that already happened in the future? That deserved a good amen. I mean, that's better preaching than your amen. It's okay to say amen. It's okay to be loud. I'm okay. I don't, I'm not threatened. Pay attention. Pay attention. God shows you who he is. He's the God, repeat after me, the now time. The God, the repeat after me, the God of the now. That's why they have to tell us in the Bible. John sees the vision. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's from the far eternity past to the forward eternity future. Same point, same person. He has never changed. How can he not change if he doesn't live in a constant now time? One time. It's hard for you to get it. It's hard for you to understand because we live in Kronos. You did not get any of that. Man, I thought Wednesday and 
Friday night I was going to get saved, and you guys are still wondering if you want to get saved. Oh, God, help me. Didn't I come across right? <laughs> this message is for somebody. Lord told me that when you say this now time, there's somebody here or somebody's. I know my English. I'm being intentionally saying it wrong. Okay? You say, no, this Hindu Rican, Puerto Rican. This Indian Puerto Rican doesn't know how to speak. No, I know the language. I read them three textbooks. Okay? Engineering textbooks. I know my language. I cannot speak it, but don't worry. I never learned my English, and I forgot my Spanish. So it's a big mess. Who knows what it is? Maybe God gives interpretation of tongues, at least. <laughs> Listen to me. Pay attention. God sent me here to say somebody. Tell somebody. I, right as I speak, your heart is pounding. God spoke to you many things in your past. And you're wondering, that was just my past, and it's gone. God's saying, I'm not done with you. This is not over. I'm just beginning. Because what I spoke about you has not come to pass yet. Because I only created something in the future. And I, when I told you, when I spoke to you about it, that would come to pass. I had a lady this weekend, a uh, young lady, uh, God bless her heart, and said, you know, God spoke to me when I was 19, but because of my fault, I have delayed God's call in my life. I stopped her right there. She's 31. I said, don't you ever say that again. You don't have the ability to delay the now time of God. There's no way you can delay him. You can make mistakes. You can do whatever you want. You can try to run with from him. Did you know part of the big equation of the now time of a word given to you is part of God knowing that you're going to do all that? God is stupid. God's blind. He did not figure that out. He knew that. He knew I was going to be knuckleheaded and stubborn and my wife was going to try to divorce me. I literally, oh, that's another story, but I don't want to distract myself. I literally took my wife so a counselor would fix her. We are sitting there, and the counselor comes back, Vijay, you're the problem. I fired the counselor. I literally did. I, never, I didn't want to hear from him. Two weeks later, my pastor tells me you have to preach on a next Sunday. I said, I'm not preaching. I'm mad at God. I'm mad at you. I'm mad at everyone. I don't want to know anything about church. He said, welcome to ministry. Figure it out. I go to, the, I go to my room. On a Tuesday morning at church, I lock myself and say, I'm going to find the best message off the internet. Never done it in my life. I'm going to just script it down, preach it, not prophesy, not, not do anything. Just read it down and say, here's the mic. What are the odds that the pastor that preaches, let me tell you the day my wife wanted to divorce me. And I took her to my counselor so he would fix her. Tell me if that would get your attention. I have never been wrong, my wife has, but. <laughs> hey, you can see that we love each other. That's why I can joke about it. Otherwise, I would not be talking about it. My wife has learned. We have gone through a lot, but we have learned to love each other. It's okay to disagree. It's okay to love us, each other, but she has no choice. She knows I'm going to disagree with her. I'm stubborn. I'm knuckleheaded. All the men say, amen, me too. Amen. You're the only one that's saving your marriage, brother. <laughs> oh, you have no choice. I get it. I get it. Listen to me. 
I have um, two hours and 30 minutes left now. <laughs> Are you getting me? Are you understanding what I'm saying? The now time? Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, I'm an engineer. Um, I'm not a rocket scientist. My brother literally designs rockets. He's the rocket scientist. I design planes. Before we design a plane, we go and figure out if that plane can be designable. Somebody actually designs it first, comes up with the concept, comes out how it's going to look like, then we are responsible to make it happen. It's not a choice. You cannot do it. No, we pay you to make it happen. God is there saying, I already designed your plane. And guess what? You don't need to figure it out either, but I already figured out how to do it. I'm there to help you. I know that you're going to walk in this journey. You're going to wander around, go over there like Chris said. He's going to do his thing. And then he's going to come back. And God, God knew that. God knew that Moses was going to be in an 80-year journey before he actually woke up one day and said, you know one thing? Maybe this is my calling. This is for somebody or somebody's. He's not done with you. Repeat after me. He is not done. No, you did not get that. Otherwise, you would be saying a big amen here. Man, I'm preaching better than you. You don't teach your church to say amen. Third thing that God reveals. He reveals your assignment. First, reveals who you are. I know who you are. Second thing he reveals is the assignment. Uh, who he is, the third thing is the assignment. I got no idea what verse is this. <laughs> We're in the same chapter 3, Exodus, so you figure it out, please. <laughs> What's your name? Jonathan, everyone applaud Donald. He's doing great. He's trying to keep up with me. <laughs> the problem is send to put a prophet up here to preach that says he's a teacher somehow and messes all this crazy stuff. Uh, Therefore, now come and I will send you to Pharaoh so that you can tell, you can lead my people, descend, the descendants out of Egypt. What gets me, what strikes me, Pay attention here. It's the very moment he starts using excuses. He hasn't used any excuse until he reveals his assignment. Watch it. I'm not going to go through read the whole passage. He says, first of all, he goes and says, you read it as a homework. I'm a good teacher. Got your homework. Next week you do them a test. How many read it? He starts with the journey. Who am I to go there? Hey, how are they going to, how are they going to believe that you sent me? Third, Will they really believe me? Third, I'm stutter. Hey, can you send somebody else? Read it. Go ahead and read it. Then we are in this passage. He goes and says, hey, stutter. And God is saying, but 10 minutes ago, you asked me what was my name, and you did not say you were stuttered. Ten minutes ago in that conversation, he was, what, 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 what is, is, is the name? 
people are going to not believe me. God did not know that he was stutter. Was that not part of the equation of God? Pay attention. Somebody needs to listen to me. Hear me here right now. He never used any excuse. When he said, man, I, I busted all my bullets here. He looked, God is very really stubborn. He's not stubborn. He's stubborn with your assignment. Because he didn't assign an accident to earth. He doesn't want you go to go to the he doesn't want to see you go to your grave without fulfilling your destiny for which you were sent here on earth. God sent you for a purpose. Listen to me. God, I'm an engineer. But God, that is not the end of my journey. As an engineer, I have given prophetic words in my job. I had a I had a Buddhist come to me one day. I went to him. I said, I had a dream about you. Can after the journey is over, can I walk you to your car to the parking lot so no one accuses me on a federal property that I'm talking to him about Jesus? I'm smart too. I'm not stupid. I'm like Joseph, leave all my clothes there. And end up in jail losing my job. I grabbed my clothes and said, let's, let's walk. I walked to the parking lot, shared with him all my heart, my Lord, all the dream. He said, I never had, had to give a prophetic word and be interrupted every 10 seconds. I'm like, let me finish. I got a train of thought, and I have a problem of keeping it. And then he's like, oh, that is so true, because this happened. Then I said another 15 seconds. Hey, that is true because this happened. We were there for 20 minutes. Man, let me finish. Two days later, I did not know he was actually leaving the company. He comes to my cubicle and says, BJ, keep praying. I'm this close to come to Jesus. I'm an engineer, but I'm a Christian first. I know my assignment. I know what I'm called to. I'm called to be a prophet. I'm called to be an evangelist, to win souls for Christ. I know that. Can I not do that in my assignment? Can I not do that in my regular job? See, my assignment comes first. My job comes second. They can fire me. I don't care. Somebody listen to me. Pay attention here. Let me tell you the other side of the story that Chris never told you. That everyone needs a VJ. Do you all hear that message? It was a good message. He only, took, he only talked good things about me, so buy that message. Hear it. <laughs> Do you sell those or they are free? Oh, you don't make money out of them? What's wrong with you? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Pay attention here. He said everyone needs a VJ. Can I tell you the other side of the VJ that was like harassing him? You don't harass somebody because you love them. You harass them because you got on your knees. God showed me this messed up kid that jacked up, only comes high on Wednesday nights. He's sleeping with his Do they know that story? They don't. Now they, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I should have asked you for. The, 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 the parents don't want to know about them. They don't want to know about their parents. They're completely messed. I said, God, show me their assignment. Because I had an encounter with a strange fire called a burning bush. That fire made me go to God and cry out, show me his heart. God showed me him talking to young people and actually being a pastor. What did I do? I was not going to let go. 
Do you think uh, he better answer my phone calls? He did not. I said, he has a destiny. Because God showed me his destiny. He's going to hear from me. I did go to his house and knock the door. And did the parents tell you the day you were not there? They probably did not tell you. Your mom opened the door. He said, where's Chris? I haven't seen him in a while. Your mom can say, I don't know. He never tells me. He just goes in and out. And I'm like, oh, boy, this is, wor- this is worse than I thought. I said, God, are you sure you got the right person? Hey, there are many Christophers in this nation. You know that. Maybe this is the wrong one. And boy, he's standing here leading a church. Because somebody had an encounter with a strange fire and went to God and said, show me the destiny of that person. I, God, I did not see how messed up he was. You know how many times he helped me? To do a small props and he was high on drugs yeah i don't know if you remember do you remember the day we were doing the message on grace i said can you chris help me find big boxes and wrap them up he was high oh yeah man i got that i got i took care of it that was chris oh yeah man oh, oh you have no idea he got big boxes small boxes brought them to church and wrapped them up and I said, so I want, this is how the message is going to go. And this is when I wanted to bring him in. He did not know I was showing him his destiny. This is not about loving people. It is. But loving them for their destiny. Half of the people miss this. Man, you need to teach them to say, hey, man, I'm getting nervous. Huh? Okay. Okay, I got it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> no, listen, listen, listen. No, I get it. I, get it. I, I know he's sinking in. Just pay attention. But listen. You can love people as much as you want with your earthly strength. They will come to Christ as, mu- as long as you love them. When you disappear from the picture, they have nothing to do. But if you love them for their destiny, I moved to Puerto Rico. I moved to Georgia. He kept growing. Because I never loved him. I loved him for his destiny. That made me love him. Do you understand their difference? If you love the people just the way they are, you ne- they, they will be there, there never will be a change. But if you love them for their destiny, you get on your knees. You, come, you become like people of Israel. God, hear me. You need to change, Chris. His family. Help me reach out to his parents. How can we bring the healing? And then Kim comes in the picture. Her family is also all messed up. And I'm like, oh, this is not working out. I'm, you don't know the blessing. This, that, you don't know how the joy I have to see you there. But remember the first time I went to your home. You didn't want to, you didn't want to open the door. I remember that. She so opened the door just like this. Oh, I know I'm ugly, and probably I scared the death out of her. I understand that. But I went back to my knees because I had an encounter with a strange fire. Somebody took my past and said, I know who you are, Vijay. You're all messed up. You're, you're full of pride. You want titles. So Chris was asking how to, call, how to put my name. I wanted him to just guest speaker VJ, but he wanted to put a title. Then I said, why don't you just put Dr. Reverend Apostle Prophet 
teacher. <sighs> Put all the titles you want there. Hey, guys, I grew up out of titles. No one calls me doctor. Only Chris does. <laughs> I don't tell anyone I got a permanent head damage. I have a PhD. <laughs> no one knows that. My wife is saying, but you should be proud you studied for it. I don't care for my title. God did not say Dr. VJ. He said VJ. I got four, uh, three hours, two hours left. I love what Jeremiah says. For I know what plans I have for you in mind. It says Adonai. Plans for well-being, not for bad, but plans that can give you hope and a future. Wow. The only invitation is, hear my voice and follow me. The Bible says, when Moses heard and saw the burning bush, in that instant, in that moment in time, what really happened was he got intrigued and getting closer. When God saw, said that he, got, he saw that he got closer, he said, take your shoes off. The first thing God says, let's deal with your junk. Can I propose to you, going back to Pharaoh, listen to me, somebody. Going back to Egypt represented him confronting his past. Why did he go to the desert in the first place? He was running from the Pharaoh. He was running from his problem. He was suicidal. I'm going to, you don't believe me? He went to the desert to die. He got married. He had no intention of going back there. God says, I'm going to give you your assignment. But before your assignment is fulfilled, you need to go back. Let's deal with the hurt. Let's deal with the person that you don't like. It's okay to tell the person, I don't like you. Are you expecting a but? Yeah, there's a but. But I want to learn to love you. Love is a decision. Love is not a choice. Love is not a feeling. Love is a commandment. Oh, this is the Old Testament. Vijay, oh, show me something in the new. I can. John, 1 John chapter 4 says, you have not known God if you don't love. Hey, this is, this is grace. I give you two points in the New Testament and in the Old. I give you both. You choose. You like grace? I give you a grace. You like the Old Testament? I give you the Old Testament. It's not a choice. It took me a journey to forgive. I left Puerto Rico hurt. I went through a rough season in my job, in my church, in my family, everywhere. Just when hell breaks loose, hell breaks loose. And everyone is hell sent. Every leader around you is hell sent. And you, you're a demon, you're a demon, you're a demon, you're a demon. Everyone is a demon. <laughs> I wonder how many of you think your pastor is a demon. <laughs> I thought my pastor was a demon. Because they hurt you. They hurt you so bad. People mercilessly hurt you. And you're going to tell me, I, I've fought with God. You're going to tell me this is part of your equation? You're crazy. I say, you missed it here, buddy. In that journey, 
God took me. I went to Georgia thinking my pain was gone. Woohoo! Awesome. Left Puerto Rico behind. Do you think that didn't hunt me for the next two and a half years? Every day, the Lord will tell me, would you forgive them if I tell you I'm sorry on, on their behalf? You know what I said? That's a rough one, God. How, you can, how can I accept your forgiveness? You didn't do anything. They did it. And the Lord told me, it's my sacrifice, not sufficient. So you're saying, my sacrifice for you, if I come in and say, I am sorry on behalf of that jerk. Can I use that word here? Just asking. I just say it. I should ask permission. Can you get, next time give me a dictionary of not to use words? Listen, listen. The big I am is saying, deny God the same as yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I know that they were going to hurt you. I know what they were going to do. The most fascinating thing is when somebody hurts you, is sitting next to you in the church. You know, I don't know you, Chris, but... When I used to sit in the second row, I was sitting in the last row. And that jerk decided to sit in the last row. Then I moved to the middle row. And then for some reason, the church got full, and now he's sitting in the middle row. Leave me alone. I couldn't stand them worship. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Hell sent. I'm being honest. This is how I felt. But God had to show me through a process. Do you know that I love them the same way I love you? No way. That's not possible. You don't know what they did to me. The God had to really love me. He said, what matters to you is what I did for you. That's what really matters. Can you forgive them like I forgive you? When God told Moses, go back to Egypt, he was saying, it's time to go back and confront your past. There's no assignment without dealing with it. Let's go back, people. Let's go back. Oh, let's just flip the chapter. Let's close the book and start a brand new book. Move to the States. I thought Puerto Rico stayed in Puerto Rico. I didn't want to go to a Puerto Rico trip. My wife wanted to visit the family and said, you go, I got a bunch of stuff to do. And the whole, I'm driving to my job, 5 a.m., and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Son, why don't you hop on the plane? I'm like, are you crazy? I don't want to hop. I got stuff to do. I got the perfect excuse. The Holy Spirit would understand that. Why not? You know what I heard back? Son, why don't you hop on the plane? You're not listening to me. I have this, I have this. Third time. Son, why don't you hop on the plane? And I knew how that was not going to end beautiful. I knew that was going to be ugly. I got to Puerto Rico. The last day in Puerto Rico, the Lord spoke me that day. Hey, why don't you call up the pastor and say, to have a meeting and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> what did I do? You guys not understanding my message here. You don't understand anything of what I'm trying to tell you. I had to go back to Pharaoh. And I made the meeting. I wanted to say 20,000 things. 
the only thing that came out of my mouth, or God let me speak, was, I'm sorry for what I did. <laughs> but you know what happened? He said, I'm sorry for what I did. That we are buddies? No. We don't need to be buddies. But we forgive each other. We think forgiveness means, Chris, come here. We think forgiveness means, oh, man, like it never happened before. Awesome. Let's go to hang out together. No, that's not what forgiveness means. Forgiveness means I've been your slave for too long. You have had me captive for so long. I could not sleep well at night. I had the, the, you caused me depression. You caused me suicidal thoughts. I wanted to kill you because if I see you cross the road, I am not pressing the brakes. I'm accelerating my car. You don't get it. I did that. I don't know, some of you are saying, now they start saying amen. You think, hey, you got a serious problem with your congregation here. <laughs> you got some teaching to do, bro. Now listen to me, listen to me. Pay attention, pay attention. But when I free him, get out of here. You know what happens? I can worship again. His face doesn't come in my head. Are you understanding what I'm trying to tell you? I never preached this message ever. I never seen these four points out of, oh, you wonder where's the fourth point? It's coming. Be patient. And that's how I'm going to wrap it up. We talk about Moses, the guy that opened the Red Seas. We talk about the Moses that saw the cloud of, the cloud in the day and the column of fires at night. Did you know? The only man living on earth in the Old Testament that had the full revelation of Christ was Moses. Do you know because Moses got the law, we have grace? You're wondering, no, that's not true. Read Romans. Paul says, we got grace because we have law. Do you know it's not a sin to go 100 miles per hour unless there is a sign that says, 55 miles is a limit. Go and read Romans. Chapter 1. Chapter 3. Chapter 6. It's there. Just because one man was willing to have an encounter with a bush. Willing to surrender and know who God really was. And all the now time. Can you stand up? Can you stand up?